The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Dena'ina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue But of all the roads I'll ever walk I just can't When I first arrived in Anchorage a quarter of a century ago, someone gave me a tourist guide. One of those magazines filled with short written snapshots of the city, pictures, and lots of ads for every kind of tourist activity and experience. In that magazine, I remember reading that in Anchorage, you can start your day in the wilderness and end it in a four-star restaurant. There's no place where this reality hits home more than standing on top of Flat Top. If you stand on top of that mountain, a 3,000-foot rise on the front range of the Chugach Mountains, and you look west, you can see the city of Anchorage filling the valley below. Standing on that spot, one can quickly understand the uniqueness of this place. The city is lovingly embraced by its two boundaries, the mountains and the ocean. As you stand overlooking the city and Cook Inlet, behind you is a half a million acres of state park land, That land adjoins 6.9 million acres of the Chugach National Forest. That forest is the size of New Hampshire, but with only 90 miles of road. In front of you is a modern city that is home to around 300,000 people. Nearly 10 times larger in population than the next closest city in the state, Anchorage is a primate city in the state of Alaska. The city is the travel, economic, cargo, and medical hub of the state. I recently climbed Flat Top with some out-of-town guests and was asked, what made them put a city here? It's a good question. On Flat Top, you're caught between the city and the wilderness, the urban and the rural, the immensity of Alaska, and the density of Anchorage. It can lead one to ask, what is this place? That I have yet to I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world over For one proverb that is true But of all the roads If you travel across the city to the Government Hill neighborhood, you can overlook the city or at least downtown, in the Kinnick arm of Cook Inlet, through the trees from another high point. Browns Point Park sits at the location of the home of Jack and Nellie Brown. They built a cabin in this spot after spending their honeymoon in 1910, traveling to Alaska where Jack was to be employed by the Chugach National Forest. If you stand facing south at Browns Point, the downtown area of Anchorage is visible across Ship Creek beyond the Alaska Railroad. Behind you is the Government Hill neighborhood, And just beyond that to the north 
is Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson, an Air Force and Army installation. Just to your right is the Port of Alaska in Anchorage, through which 50% of all the freight shipped to Alaska passes. The cargo that passes through this port is used by over 90% of all Alaskans. Added to that cargo is what is brought in by air through the International Airport near Point Warrensoff. You can view this point just to the south along the coast. Located just nine and a half hours by air from 90% of the industrialized world, Anchorage is an important air cargo hub and refueling station. In 1914, when the Alaska Engineering Commission began exploring the mouth of the creek where the stickleback run as a location to create a port to support the building of the Alaska Railroad, they arrived in a community of an estimated 3,000 to 5,000 Dena'ina Athabascans. In addition to the traditional inhabitants of the Anchorage Bowl, there were the Browns, another forester, Keith McCullough, and his wife, homesteaders Jim St. Clair and J.D. Whitney along with his family, and Thomas Jeters, who's described as a squatter. After the decision was made to offload supplies for the building of the railroad at the mouth of Stickleback Creek, now called Ship Creek, the population of outsiders exploded. Boatloads of men looking for work and entrepreneurs seeking opportunity invaded the area. This created what one person described as the largest tent city I ever saw, with a population of 2,000 to 2,500 people. This initial boom in population held steady with a similar number of inhabitants around 1920. However, the boom in population for one community caused huge losses in another. Introduced to previously unencountered illnesses, most notably the 1918 Spanish flu, nearly 50% of the Dena'ina died in the years after the area was invaded by newcomers. Just a short walk from Browns Point is the corner of East Manor Avenue and Boyd Drive. At the corner stands a collection of three white buildings. This cluster of structures, listed on the National Register of Historic Places, is not marked other than by a few small, nearly unreadable signs, faded and weathered from years of service that read, U.S. Property, No Trespassing. Built in 1917 by the Alaska Engineering Commission as a wireless station to support the building of the railroad, it had an original range of 500 miles, but soon could reach the lower 48. The cupola on one of the buildings also served as a lighthouse with a beacon to guide ship captains seeking to find the port. By 1921, private citizens were sending messages via radio and telegraph to the outside world. When the railroad was completed, the wireless station was folded into the Washington and Alaska military cable and telegraph system. In 1936, it was made part of the Alaska communication system, and it was finally decommissioned in 1950. During the 33 years that the Anchorage wireless station was in use, the city grew. In particular, the advent of World War II brought the establishment of the neighboring military bases. From 1941 to 1950, Anchorage's population grew from three or 4,000 people to around 40,000, with 100,000 people living within a 10-mile radius of the city, including 25,000 on the military bases. 
The city boomed, moving from unpaved roads with no streetlights or stoplights in 1938 to a modern city. Anchorage was even named an all-American city in 1956. Many of Anchorage's tall buildings, largely a collection of office towers and hotels, are clustered in the downtown area from which the city grew. The rest are scattered south through Midtown. Midtown is a bustling commercial area filled with retail stores and other businesses. One of the tallest buildings in the city is the British Petroleum Tower in Midtown. Originally known as the Sohio Building for Standard Oil of Ohio, it was built in the early 80s during the oil boom as was Anchorage's largest structure, another oil company office building, the ConocoPhillips Building, originally built by Arco. Following the discovery of oil on the north slope of Alaska in 1968, the state and Anchorage experienced a huge economic and population boom. During the oil boom years of 1968 through 1986, the city of Anchorage's population more than doubled, adding 130,000 new residents. Development was happening everywhere, and while the population shrank during the late 80s, by the early 90s it had rebounded. During the 1990s, immigrants flocked to Anchorage. During that decade, one out of 11 Anchorage residents was born abroad, and the immigrant population of Anchorage grew by 50%. Though the BP Tower was designed to be converted into a hotel once its days as an oil company office were over, it has yet to receive tourists as guests. One way to look at Anchorage is that it's always been about resource extraction. The Denina fished its waters and hunted its lands. Before the city was even here, Gold miners were bringing out gold from places like Hope. The railroad was built to bring resources to market, and then there's all that oil. And because of that, it's been a boom town, and it's also gone bust. The city was built as a cargo hub, as a port for a railroad, and now it flies cargo all over the world. And this has always been a government town, chosen as the headquarters for a federal railroad, home to the military, and housing many land managers and other government officials. The National Forest was here long before there was a city. Anchorage has also been a destination. It has always attracted people. The earliest residents came here for fish camp. People arrived looking for profit from the new port. Others came seeking riches from a gold rush or an oil rush, and still more were stationed here, and many came just to visit, to look, and to enjoy. People. People are what makes a place, or any place really.
So what is this place? I recently saw a sign on the Parks Highway just outside of Wasilla that read, Anchorage is our San Francisco. If you ask people walking down the street to tell you what this place is, you might get a lot of different answers. Some might say it's a city, others a small town, still others the biggest village in Alaska. People might call it the last frontier or dismiss it as Los Anchorage. You might even get the old joke that Anchorage is 20 minutes from Alaska. If you listen to people tell their stories, you might discover that they live and work in the city between trips to the real Alaska out in the wilderness, or that they live here but see their home as someplace else. What would you say? Tell us by going to our Facebook page, Anchorage UTC, and look for the post about the Anchored City podcast asking you, what is this place? In our next episode, we will continue to connect with Anchorage's soul through her history, stories, and people by continuing to ask the question, what is this place? We will do this by talking to a few of the city's residents so that we can understand this place better. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that, in part, makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetpsalms.org. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the heads, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own, Monica Lightner.